Blog Talk Radio. mentioned that my earpiece has fallen apart, so folks, just with us here. Well, we're really, really excited because we have an amazing show today, Jay. Now, you will be the only man on the show, Jay, so I just want to let you know that. Can you handle that, Jay? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can a little bit, you know. I've got to get some reinforcements. Are you sure? Because, I mean, we've, we've got some women that are going to blow your socks off, Okay. Okay. All right, so let's, I, let's you know, I, are you are you ready? You sure you ready, Jay? Because this is three women, and then you have me, and you know that's 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 the trick in itself. I'm ready. Okay, well, folks, we are going to bring on a very amazing lady. She is young and up and coming artist, and I can't wait to meet the other two. Her mom is going to be coming on with us, Elizabeth Traub from 5 to, uh, 20 to 540, which is out in California time, in Portland time, and 820 and 840 here. And then we'll have Ms. A- uh, Diva Nelson. Oh, my God. Elizabeth and the Diva, Jay, you're in trouble. So I hope you can roll with this, okay? So All right. So without further ado, Jay, this is going to be your favorite because this is music. So we're going to bring on Miss Emily. Hello, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. <laughs> I know. It's wonderful to hear your voice. And we are so excited to be on this show with you today. Now, Emily, we are going to ask that. We're going to ask you a few questions. We just ask that you kind of stick to the questions we ask because we don't want you to let all the goodies out too soon beyond the questions we ask. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, and I want you to meet Jay, our co-host out in San Francisco. We had to, you know, get him together because, you know, he's going to be the only guy here today. Hey, we gotta, we got to have something to balance out the ladies. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah. Jay, you, ready? you think you can deal with us ladies, Jay? Because, you know, Emily, you know, I don't know if you can handle her. You ready, Jay? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready, for, I'm ready for both of you guys, Emily and Gail. So, you know, All right, here know. we go. Here we go. Put your dukes up. Okay, I'll just play. <laughs> you see, you see, Emily, how he's starting already. So, Emily, it, it, we're going to go right into the questions if it's okay with you. All right. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. We hear you are an amazing artist. Okay. Tell us, okay. what age did you start singing? Yeah, I started. Well, I suppose I started singing um, out of the womb. Uh, from the first breath of my lungs, screaming. But um, really, I started singing when I was about 12. Yeah. Well, Emily, do you play any instruments? I do. I play uh, the piano and the guitar and some mandolin and a little bit of violin, some ukulele, 
et cetera. Wow. <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, Jay, she plays mm-hmm. one of my instruments, by the way, sir. Okay, and then she plays one of your instruments. So this way, we're both uh, we're both taken here today. So Emily, yeah, what wow. type of music do you enjoy listening to? Oh man, where do I begin? Um, I suppose my most favorite um, would be like folk, kind of bluegrass music. Although, in my opinion, I've always said that good music is good music and bad music is bad music. So. That goes across all the genres, but I do have a special place in my heart for bluegrass and folk. <laughs> so. so, Emily, are you playing with a band or do you play solo? Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on the type of show. So I do a lot of um, my own concerts, which in those cases um, it'll be me, and I have a friend who plays upright bass and a fiddle player, and they'll come and join me. Um, but sometimes it'll just be me on stage, um, you know, with me and my guitar. And um, it really just depends on the type of venue and the type of event or, you know, the energy I want to create or the intimacy I want to create. So just depends. Well, Jay, since I messed up on the question, <laughs> I got you, though. I got you. I got you, Gail. <laughs> I'm going to take yours, Jay. Uh, what type okay. of music do you enjoy, what, what type of music do you enjoy listening to? <laughs> can you can you repeat the question? I didn't. <laughs> okay, Jay, don't laugh at me. Emily, okay, what type okay. of music do you enjoy listening to? What type of music? Yes, yeah, the type of music you know, like what genres of music do you like to listen to? Um, everything. Yeah. Um, folk, bluegrass, electronic. Pop, love pop music, love me some Coldplay, um, everything, I would say. Which, go oh, you, you know. including in, 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 including Barney. You like listening to Barney? I mean, who said everything? So I just Barney. You remember? Yeah, I love you. You love. I mean, you said everything now. Oh, so, Barney! Oh, Barney! Yeah, Barney was a dinosaur. Let me tell you, <laughs> from my imagination. <laughs> ABCs and one, two, threes, okay. <laughs> but you said all kind of music. I just wanted to make sure that we were correct. Oh, yeah. That, you know, oh, that he's included. Okay. <laughs> okay. Definitely. <laughs> it's my childhood inspiration right there. <laughs> Baby Bob. Oh, boy. Now you're really taking us back, Emily. <laughs> Take us back, back Jay. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead, sir. Well, no, I, I know you have this great question, so you're right back on it. So I just want to, you know, I, I want to hear this great thing you're going to ask her because I want to hear what she has to say. Um, yeah. Just kind of some of my well, story a little bit, or? Well, no, yeah, you, 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 Okay, Jay, you're just not right. How has the genre of music connect? How how has this genre of music connect with the music you like to sing to? So since you like yeah. so much, like so much music, Emily. How do uh-huh. each air you know, you know, you know, we all love listening to music. But what particular yeah. genre plays into the type of music that you sing? Yeah, well, I what really inspired me as a musician, the musician that I am now, is um when I was twelve I went to a concert, um, a bluegrass concert, um, in a band called Nickel Creek. And they just played they had all these bluegrass instruments, so a fiddle, you know, guitar and a mandolin and they 
they played some traditional bluegrass, but then they also went into, like, they were playing Radiohead and Britney Spears and Ooh. all of these different genres on their bluegrass instruments. And to me, it just was like it opened this world up of possibility of what, um, you know, what one instrument can be used for. It doesn't have to be limited to one genre. So for me, because that's the band that kind of inspired me to even play the mandolin, um, my music definitely, I think, kind of comes way towards folk, bluegrassy jazz. Um, although I love, I absolutely love that shows, um, you know, busting out something that people wouldn't expect, like Miley Cyrus, <laughs> you know, in the middle of an intimate folk set. So definitely folk music is um, huge inspiration and has had influence on my music. Yeah. So, so Gail, you know, I love this question, Gail, that we were going to ask you. I want to know, Emily, now, do you record in the studio or do you record at your own house, you know, and, and how do yeah. you do that at your house? If you do it there. Yeah, um, well, I, so I've, rec- I've had done a few different things. Um, my first experience recording was at this amazing, beautiful studio um, right outside of Portland um, called Supernatural Sounds. And that was um, a recording I sang on for a separate project. But that was my first experience in the studio. And it was, I think I was hand-fed. A great, it was just a beautiful experience. Um, but since then, I've recorded um, just in my house or at a friend's house with their own little, you know, Pro Tools <laughs> um, okay. garage band. So various uh, various ways have I recorded music. But, yeah. Well, you know, Jay, that's unfair because you just went into my other question. Mm-hmm. So, Emily, you know, you're ahead of us now, you know. We're old people here. So, <laughs> so you know, you talked about you, you talked about your first studio experience. And just by the way, Jay loves, you know, mm-hmm. Jay loves Pro Tools. No, Jay, you don't like Pro Tools. I think it's something else, but he'll, he'll share that with you in a minute. Your yeah. first studio yeah. experience, what, what was that really, really like? Can you tell our audience, because now we want to go through your journey with you. What was that like for you, yeah. your first studio experience? Yeah, well, for me, it was um, it was a lot different than I had always imagined it. I had always pictured this like glamorized, you know, I think of the images on TV of like some famous artist, you know, with their headphones on and their makeup is perfect and like <laughs> they're in the studio, you know. But um, I think my first experience, I really just learned that good work takes work, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't like I just popped in for five minutes and sang this amazing song and left. Like, we were there, and we worked, and we redid things, and we did it again, and then we, you know, and so um, really I just learned, you know, that behind the scenes, like, music in general um, takes some elbow grease. So I suppose that's the biggest thing I learned from my first experience. <laughs> so. Hey, Emily, when you yeah. first worked on your music, what type of music producers did you work with? What type of what? When you first worked on your music and you first got to work with some producers, what type of producers work with did you work with? Um, yeah, well, so that first experience, it was um, I was singing songs on a, for a band that I was in, so it wasn't Emily Audison, it was for a separate band that I was in. But um, 
again, like, that experience was such a great experience for me because the producer that we had, um, his name was Chris Greeley, he did an amazing job of, he recognized my gift to sing, but he didn't let me just stay where I was at. So he pushed me, <laughs> and he knew where to push me and kind of stretched me and encouraged me to try different things. Um, but I didn't feel like he was taking away from my artist, who I was as an artist. So I think having a good producer who can push you but can also recognize your unique gift is something that's, like, so important. <laughs> so. Yes, I, I understand. I mean, my producer, Gail, is just like that. She recognizes everything I do. She's a great person, mm-hmm. and I understand. You've got to work with great producers. You know, you just have oh, to. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, and well, since know, then, I recorded... Oh, go ahead. Oh, please, go ahead, Emily. Um, yeah, since then, I've, you know, made little recordings um, with my own things or gone to a friend's house and made recordings. Um, and it's one thing to just record a song by yourself, but it's something else completely to have a producer that has this, like, huge vision in his head that I can't even fathom, you know. So I just... I'm so pro-producer. <laughs> That's, something. That's, that's, that's what he likes to hear. Well, Emily, yeah. what is your range? Soprano, alto, alto soprano, and how do you use your breath to connect with your voice from that range? Um, so I technically am a soprano, although my speaking voice, I have one of those Martha Stewart voices, okay? Um, <laughs> my speaking voice is a little deeper, but when I'm singing... Soprano is my range. Um, and how do I use my breath to, what was the question? How do you use your breath to connect with your voice on that level? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was taught um, by a great little voice teacher, I think when I was in high school, that singing should not be stressful. Just like when you're talking to someone, you don't really even think about the fact that you're breathing. You're just doing it, and it's natural. That's how singing should be. So from, I mean, from an early age when I started to sing, you know, 13, 14. Um, I don't know. I just kind of learned that if if I'm stressed out or if I'm tense, something's wrong, so I just start taking some deep breaths, and it's just a natural, natural flow. But breath is um, breath is very important. All you singers out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it is. So, dude, okay, so now I was going to say, do you take any, when you're in the studio with your producers, I want to know, does Emily co-produce with them and kind of help them out, you know, just in case they might get a little rusty a little bit, you got to give them some ideas, or do they just tell you what to do and you just sit there and follow like a baby, which, what do you yeah. do? Um, well, in that first experience, yeah, in that first experience, um, I came into it and this guy was producing, in my mind, he was like the top of the musical ladder like he just his he always had these brilliant ideas and was so cool and like was so intense you know and so for a little bit I was kind of afraid to say any of my ideas because I thought like oh well he just has all the good ideas you know like God gave him all the good ideas right 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 <laughs> but, right, um, right right yeah but kind of part way into it I started like with vocal inflections I would start to do things that were different than we had practiced and he was so open and encouraged that in me and you know, was humble, you know, so um, it was a good, I feel like a good, wow. you know, partnership, so, which that's, yeah. I've come to find that's rare, 
you know. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, anyway, Emily. Yeah. You're saying mm-hmm. all the things that Jay likes to hear. What is the music scene like in Portland? And there seem, you know, there seems to be a lot going on there. A lot of people think, oh, Portland, but share with us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, the music scene in Portland is um, booming, which <laughs> really Portland is so is such a um, community-focused city. Um, so anything that's like local or you know, organic or homegrown, like people just eat that up so fast. So really um, a lot of the music scene is kind of just organically happening out of, you know, folks like me and my friends getting around and playing guitar and saying, like, let's write some songs. And um, so a lot of it is just, you know, organically growing, um, just based from community. But um, there's a lot happening. (laughs) And um, it's, a lot of cool venues to play, a lot of great, like, inspiration from people. So <laughs> it's kind of general, but, um, yeah, I I love someone so much, so inspiring, and um, I'm just always being inspired by my friends who are chasing the dream of music like me. So, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, that's, 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 that's wonderful, um. I, mm-hmm. I like Portland, and um, I just I just like the whole state of Oregon. It's just a beautiful place. Yeah, I, I've been up to yeah. um, Corvallis up there, but I was, I was going to ask you a question, Emily. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this year you're talking about Oregon and Washington and all these places. You might. I want to know what are the next states we'll be able to see you and you'll be touring in. If I want to come see you, what are some of the next states you'll be? You know. That is the question of the hour. Um, well, Oregon and Washington has been my main hub for gigging, but I do hope to expand that very soon to, oh, I don't know, perhaps the more southern states like California. Hey. <laughs> oh, sorry, in Colorado. No, actually, at this present time, I am um, prepping and working on um, some future tours. So... I can only give you a little information. Otherwise, I would have to. Uh, so that's, that's wonderful because I get to see you before my my beautiful partner in New York, California, yeah. coming here first. So that's that's good. So too bad, yeah. Gail. I'm sorry you didn't you didn't get this one. But better luck on the next uh, uh, show show for Emma's show next time she she'll get out there eventually. Yeah. You know what? Well, I'll be over updated. there to see it too. Don't even try it, okay, Jay? I'll be out there too. Oh, but just okay. <laughs> you don't get to have that by yourself. That's not fair. So, oh. Emily, yes. What advice would you give to new artists who are on the same path as you? Could you repeat the question that broke up for just a second? Sure. I'm sorry. What advice would you give to new artists who are on the same path as you are? Yeah. Um, I would just say, I think, being, like, I got this advice when I was, I don't know, 15 or 16, um, and that was just that being on a stage is a means to give music as a gift, and it's not a platform uh, to try and earn approval. So when I get up on stage, I'm not trying to, to, earn, to earn the approval of the people. No, I'm up there because I get to give a gift to those people. 
Um, and I think that, that, that mind shift is just the biggest because as young musicians, it's so easy to you know, get up on a stage and you're nervous and you're wondering what people think about you and you want to put on a good show and you're kind of afraid and whatever, but you have to have a whole mind shift to think, no, it's not about me earning their approval. I get to give them a gift. You know, it's like Christmas. Here's a gift. So I think that would be the biggest piece of advice is just, you know, love the people that you get to sing to and have the honor to sing before. So. Well, you know what? We really enjoyed you, and thank you for coming on. And you know who we have next, your mom. I don't know, Jane. Oh, I'm you ready guys for your get mom. Ready. You, just, you just get ready. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so honored that you have me. No problem. Yeah. Oh, no. We're just honored to But, Jay, we're in trouble. I just want to let you know that all the time. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye, my nails. Thank you so much. Bye, Emily. Thank you so much. Okay, Jay, I hope you're ready because I'm even here scared to hit the guest switch on this one. Okay? Okay. We have Mr. Elizabeth Todd. Do not be afraid. <laughs> we think we're already afraid. Well, Miss Elizabeth, you are truly the superwoman, okay? Children, a lucrative business, social media manager to everyone under the stars. We're going to start with family and work first. So, Elizabeth, yes. how many children? Oh, before we even go there, Elizabeth, because you know we're going to have fun with you, so we're going to hold on to our seatbelts, okay? We just want to ask okay. you, that you ask, that you answer the specific questions so everybody can get everything, because all that we know you're going to share, you know, you know, you just have to give us a chance, okay, because we don't know if we can catch up with you, Elizabeth, okay? Okay. So we're going to start out with this one. How many children do you have, and what type of business do you have? Would you let our audience know, please? Okay, I have five children, four boys, and your previous guest, Emily, would be my one and only girl. And I have, for the better part of 20-plus years, run a consulting firm coupled with a side business, which is a children's retail furniture store. So the children's retail furniture store is something that very few know about because, like I said, it's local, it's in my town, and it employs people, and they all have a ball. Wow. Well, well, how are you? Able, how are you able to juggle all this family and work? Because this is incredible. You got, well, how, how do you do I, that? Um, I'll tell you how I do it. I think sleep is a remedy for everything. I do sleep eight to ten hours a night. When I get that sleep and how I get that sleep sometimes doesn't come, you know, at the same time every night. But I have been truly in my career blessed with amazing employees and amazing assistants that have really been the backbone of everything I've been able to do. And even just this past week, having to leave for three days after just opening a new location for a store, having an employee just hold it down and come back and go, wow. So I don't do it all, but I bring people around me, and we just kind of all build and grow together. Wow. Okay, well, yeah, she's, she's, she's being a little bit uh, uh, modest right now, Jay. So we're, we're going to go so easy. 
Yeah, she made like that. And we know, we know it's impossible what she's doing. But she was not easy at sound. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I sat with her. The woman can do 16 things at one time, okay? Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. But we're going to start with this part. We're going to try to okay. build up to it. She's not going to let us, so we're going to try. Do you have a staff who supports you with your family and work, Elizabeth? Um, I, I've had different seasons where I can answer yes and no. Um, I went through a season with a staff of over 100 and a personal assistant and house help and all those things that are a blessing when they come your way. I've had seasons where um, I've had my kids with me underfoot. I train up my children in the store and that they learn how to respect and honor a grown-up's time. So when my older two hit 14, they actually would travel with me. So they became little travelers. My three younger boys, they all brag over what states and where they got to travel when they were infants because I, I never wanted to compromise having my kids in my space for a career that I loved. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, Gail, you have you got to give me a talent all of a sudden. She's overwhelming, all the stuff she's doing. And you manage Gail's <laughs> career also? How, how do you break your time up to take care of your family? And you manage the Emily Ingers? What the world's going on, Elizabeth? <laughs> I, my brain, okay, this is a true story. Like about 15 years ago, um, there was some um, people that were pursuing me for a consulting gig, so they flew out to Portland and met me and spent the day with me. And seriously, one of the guys asked my manager in a private conversation, this woman has to be on drugs. Because they could not believe that it was like they had a project that they needed done. I said, I'll have it done the minute your plane lands. And they just looked at each other and said, five people couldn't finish this project. And I, it's a gift that I am able to kind of disseminate in my head and overlook and oversee, not overlook, but look at and see what needs to get done and then make it happen. And I've been like that ever since I was a kid. And I've just learned how to use that in a grown-up world. Cool. Wow. Are you, are you still out of breath, Jay? Because I am. Yes, I am tired already. <laughs> now, you guys are cracking me job. up. You're cracking me up. Now, we know. Well, you know, I mean, Jay, considering that you just sit back and you make me do all the work, please. You know, Elizabeth, do you feel yes. one needs a strong support system such as a spouse who understands the career of an entrepreneur? especially a woman, given the woman is said to be the heart of the household. Now, this is where we can gang up on Jay, Elizabeth. Okay, well, and I might be ganged up on this as well, is, you know, I, I, have, I have had the support of a spouse, but I've also been in a relationship where I did not have the support. And, and what I have found is that loyalty in your friendships, no matter where you're at in your career, is over over my career span has has quite honestly trumped a spouse, and I and I say that very respectfully because 
Um, men, for the most part, Jay, you know what? This is how I believe God designed that man to go out and go grab a bone and bring it home and feed his family. And and I think that sometimes when a woman comes up and around that, you know, I'm a 60s child. My mom um, was a single mom in the 60s, working as a senior secretary for Alexander Bell in New York City. And, you know, a lot has changed since then, but I find that for me personally, when you have a spouse who is living your business reality and that support is really important and I've had that support, but at the end of the day, they kind of want you to put your business on a shelf and that's good and you need to and you need to be present as a mom and present as a spouse. And so I have from 3 to 8 p.m., I am mom and I am everything else I need to be to my family. And I have, when I'm not traveling, that time and that space, even today, things are unplugged and turned off and in my office. Wow. That was a long that answer. Is- that was a long answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was that, that that answer really said a lot, you know, because people really need to know that knowledge. And I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just this very, it's very this is a very good uh, situation because it's a lot of people dealing with this out there. And and one thing I was wondering, do you think men understand the role of women in their household with family and having a career? I think that we are raising young men, and I have four of them who are now seeing their mother's role modeling outside of wearing an apron and cooking in a kitchen. And, you know, I love to bake at Christmas time, and I have a bake night instead of a date night with every, all five of my kids. And even the older ones, they still want to come home for bake night, and you get to cook whatever you want. And so we're teaching our children to be involved in the household. But in my situation, I'm able to bring my children into my work and let them see what it looks like, what it happens. You know, I remember one time with Elliot and Emily, you know, this limousine picked us up at the airport in New York City, dropped us out of a fancy hotel, and I look at them and I said, this is not reality. And you don't go back to school and brag to your friends over what our reality is at this time. I said, this is a client who is showing how much they care for us right now, but this is not reality. And believe me, we don't travel like that. But they see that, and my son has seen that. My son, who just got married, just married this sweet gal, and she has this, these gifts in her career, and he supports that and is encouraging that. And I think we're raising men, young men, who are seeing that where 20, 30 years ago, they didn't see that. Wow. And they didn't. And, and, and sometimes today they don't see that. That's why I'm, 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 it's, 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 it's really, really good, though, I, what you're doing. You, 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 are, you, are a, you are a pioneer, and um, you're setting, setting examples. Um, I'm sorry, Jay. I fell off the show there for a minute. Um, so I'm going to come right back in. Is, is that okay with you, Mr. Wolby? Can I come right on in with Elizabeth? Or, yeah, you've got to no. take care. Oh, sure. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> with that said, Elizabeth, I know you have an organization called um, 
playlist. Okay. With that said, Elizabeth, I know you have an organization called Girlfriends Hub. Would you give us yes. a short version of what that is and why you started it? Okay. So in real time, um, for the last 15 years, I've been mentoring women, mentoring and coaching them in marital issues, career issues, growing up issues, anywhere from 18 to 50, 55. And what I realized is women did not even see in themselves the beauty that they had. And so the, the tagline for Girlfriends Hub is we all walk in the beauty of our story. And as I came together with a few other women, we just wanted to be women who are encouraging other women to share their story, talk about their story, and not to hold themselves captive to what their story might be and not to allow anyone else to hold them captive. Because some of us have crazy stories, and I'll just put it out there right now. I mean, I, I'm broken, and, you know, I've got a really bad pedicure that needs to be replaced. And you know what? I've, I've, I have five children and two marriages, and that is something that some people might look the other way and go, <gasps> But that's my story, and I'm going to walk in the beauty of that story, and I want to encourage inspire other women to be strong in who they are because we each all are beautiful. So that's the short version. That's Girlfriend's Hub. Um, Jay, before you go on, who does she sound like, Jay? Um, sounds like you. <laughs> we are so much alike with the business. I drive him crazy. He's, he's like a yeah, brother. Jay, but yeah. Jay I, I don't want to interrupt your other question because I might, you know, I might uh, get beat up here, and so I don't want to. Go ahead, Jay. Well, I want to know what is your favorite thing about being a woman entrepreneur? The favorite thing about being a woman, honestly, for me, about being, is being that a woman entrepreneur, Elizabeth. The favorite thing about being a woman I entrepreneur. I love, I'll tell you, I love when I walk into a room of a male-based boardroom, executive team, and this might sound a little arrogant, but I believe this, and if I believe it, then I'm good, is I can walk into that room and be the only woman in that room and go, you know what, between all of you, I have way more experience at this table because I'm a woman. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, you Jay, I, I, Jay I, I told you, and, and, and I told you. <laughs> so, you know, we know you are also a brand and social media strategist. In your opinion, what is missing with people and their companies when they start out on social media? They are missing the basic human connection. And fundamentally, no matter who we are, we all have a desire to be in community. And we are taking social media and we are using it like we do our offline media by pushing out ads and pushing out this and pushing out a quote and pushing out that when really people just want someone to know them and to be known. And so it's about the human connection, and there's a lot of great brand um, builders out there who get that. There's a lot of great companies who get that, and 
yet many companies are hiring um, the the person who sits in the corner who doesn't even go out and experience life to be that human connection when they themselves aren't even making a real-life connection. Mm. Well said. Well said. Well, we only, because we have a diva up uh, right after you, we only have three more questions for you. Can you hang with us for those three more questions? Yep, yep. Well, Mr. J, I don't want to interrupt your flow here. You go right ahead. Okay. Um, go, um, Elizabeth, going back to your children again, I'm going to go back to, you know, because you're doing so much stuff. You know, are these kids connected to social media as you are? I have all but one, and it is highly monitored. I have an eight-year-old who can pop a video on YouTube faster than you can crack an egg. They have all lived under this. They, they, they are all highly monitored. So there will never be a time. My children are not allowed on technology. They're not allowed on electronics. They're not allowed to watch TV during the school week. Which is unheard of in this day and age. So they are on social media, but not during the week. Well, for Jay and I, no, uh, the way we deal with our children, trust me, we have the same. It's so good to hear that, Elizabeth, because so many people don't, you know. What are your thoughts on that, Jay? Well, that's great because you've got to keep them focused on all this. Remember, we were talking, Gail, in earlier shows how technology. And uh, media has actually inter- it speeds up life considerably. But taking the TV and all yeah. that away, you slow it down, and you, you bring it back to how it used to be, how we used to learn, and you know, you know, we, we didn't have all this. We just had Clado. <laughs> you know, exactly. And Elizabeth and Jay, what's great about what Elizabeth is doing is being in Portland. She's bringing her children back to nature, having fun with family and everything. Which brings me to this next one, Elizabeth. Because Jay, I watched her. I was sitting next to her in New York. Okay, I have to ask you this, Elizabeth, for our audience as well. How do you keep up electronically with your social media on a timely basis? I know there's things like Hootsuite and things like that. Do you use this? Give our audience one good tip. Um, I I would have to say that if you are a brand and you are wanting to invest in one piece of equipment. I do use a program called Bundle Post, and if this is an endorsement for them, I'm telling you, it helps me put information out that I know my community wants to look at. And I think there's two things. There's, there's conversation and there's content. And I do not schedule conversation. I schedule content, and I use Bundle Post to help me. And Robert, who is the founder of that, literally held my hand through lots of tears when I was trying to take my offline marketing and branding experience and put it online. And I just today, Adiba is your next guest, I just today was telling Adiba about it. She's like, I don't know how you keep up with all this. And so really good writing and really good content that you know your audience wants to read. There is a responsibility when you become a leader in social media to provide important, relevant, fun, and to engage personally. And when my kids, when I'm in the car line, I'm sitting on my phone catching up on Twitter. 
Well, Jay has one more question for you. Okay. Yes, I do. I do, Elizabeth. Um, what is the last word would you give our audience on balancing work and home to women? What is the last word you can give our audience on balancing you know, your work and your home, and, to, and mostly to the, to the women? What could you tell them? Um, what I would say is what has helped me is, and, and people have different opinions of this, is I actually do have a notebook where I make lists. I carry it with me. I think, oh, I need to take care of that. Oh, I need to take care of that. And so I make these lists. I've saved these over the years, and and I don't keep a lot in my head, to be quite honest. And once it's on paper or once I've made the phone call and say, hey, I need you to have this information, is it helps me balance it all out so I'm not thinking, oh, my gosh, I forgot that. Oh, my gosh, I didn't do that. Oh, my it's really make a list and it's so old-fashioned and I still do it on paper I don't use with all the technology I have I still carry a little notebook and I'm you know what I agree and um, oh my god Uh, you know what it's scary because if Jay was sitting right next to you he would say this is Gail this is not Elizabeth (laughs) Elizabeth thank you so much for being with us really and I also want to tell you a little secret, Jay. Can I can I put the secret out there? Who you've been uh, who you've been uh, actually uh, so doing social media for? Can I say a little bit, Elizabeth? Is that okay? For me? Yes. About who you yeah, who you've done social media for? Well, Mr. Jay, guess who she's done to, she does social media for? Um, I can't guess, but it's not. It's let not me know. Funny. I want to know. It's that Bugs Bunny. It's American Idol and Jason Mraz. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, those are campaigns that I have worked on. And, and I have to say, I'm just going to give you a teaser and give your audience a teaser, is um, I just came out of a three-day week, and there is some big stuff coming down the pipeline in the music industry, and that's all I'm saying about that. Well, let me say this to you, as someone who's in the music industry as well. I'm happy to share with you, Jay. Can I share a little bit more, uh, Elizabeth? Sure. That's terrible. Well, Mr. Logan, Elizabeth and her team has agreed to support us a little bit with Listen, Give, and our Never Alone campaign. What do you say to that? Hooray! Yay! Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm on. Okay, so turn your camera on. I want to see backflips. Yes, we're really backflipping. But I want to say to our audience about Elizabeth Traub and um, Emily Otteson and Jennifer, who we've had, and we'll have some more of the young ladies on next week, and Adiba Nelson. These are some amazing women that I'm blessed to be a part of with Girlfriends Hub. You know, um, Elizabeth, yes, you we, are. Go out to, um, we go out to 82 to 120 countries. And for me, you embody the women that Jay and I, you know, not just men and women, but men and women, you embody the real authenticity of being an entrepreneur, which Jay and I are. And so we thank you for really being on with us tonight. It has just been a true pleasure so far. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So without, you know, you know, we have to bring on Adiba because you know she's sitting over there saying, Gail's just keeping Elizabeth and Jay and Gail just totally forgotten about me. So, Elizabeth, we want to thank you, and we're going to bring on Miss Adiba.
Now, Jay, are you ready for a diva? Because Elizabeth was kind of, she was, she was calm with us today. I don't know if you'll be ready for a diva. Oh, okay. Oh, so, uh, I'm ready. I, I don't know. You, you sure you're ready, Jay? Because a diva's a oh, handful. Uh, Elizabeth, oh, really? Elizabeth. So, I'm going to, oh, a diva's going to kill me because, oh, no. I have a diva. She's right here. A diva, are you still with us? No, that's Elizabeth. She's going <laughs> to... There she goes. Okay. All right, well, here is Miss Adiva. Hi, Adiva. Hi, Gail. Well, uh, don't kill us. We knocked you off for a minute. And as you know, this is our co-host, Mr. Logan, Mr. J. Logan out in San Francisco. So... How are you doing? I warned Jay a little bit that we had to be ready for you, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can you hear me okay? No, we can't hear you, Adiba. Okay, hold on. Can you hear me better now? Yes, we can. Uh-huh. Now, I, I, I did tell Jay, wait and see, that, you know, we had to be ready for Miss Adiba. So, Miss Adiba Nelson, first let's start out by saying, how are you today? I am pretty A-OK. My voice has come back good and strong. Okay. So I could, we could have messed with you, but we won't. So we want to say welcome to the show <laughs> and, and uh, meet, meet Jay. And, you know, we will ask that you answer the questions, tailor, you know, uh, tailor to the questions, um, mm-hmm. because we don't want you to let out all the goodies before the show gets started. Okay. So is that okay with you, Ms. Adiva? A-OK. Let's do it. Okay, so we understand that you are a superwoman, like Miss Elizabeth we just, you know, interviewed. Yes, and don't step on my cake. Yes, and you have a beautiful daughter, you're a social media manager, you're an author, all of this. How do you balance it at all? Um, I make a daily trip to the grocery store and pick up a bottle of wine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> No, um, you know, it's it's a balancing act. I've been really blessed to recently be able to work from home. Um, my daughter just started kindergarten, so I'm kind of able to lay out my day the way I need to. And then with the amazing assistance of Elizabeth, you just had on, and my completely wonderful, supportive boyfriend, no comment scale, um, I've been able to make I didn't it work. say anything. I was good. See, Jay, you have to watch Adiba because she's always saying that I'm being bad and I'm, I'm never. But go ahead, Adiba. We've just made it work, and it's I've, I've been very blessed. But wine helps. I'm not gonna lie. Wine does help. <laughs> and don't forget about the cheese and cracker part. You know. No, I don't need cheese and crackers. I'll just take the wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told you, Jay. It's just getting started. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I know you have a. Yeah, yeah I do, I do. I, I just, I'm having such a good time with a diva here. But I have to ask you this though: Do you okay. think it's important to have a supportive spouse when you are an entrepreneur and have children? Do you think that you know you have, to have somebody um, there? You know, I was a single mom for a very long time, probably for the last uh, four and a half years. I've been a single mom. Um, 
And I will say doing it um, without a significant other as opposed to having someone there, it makes a big difference. It does make a big difference. I mean, I have someone to put the ice in my cup. I have someone to uncork my bottle. No, I'm kidding. Um, Oh, boy. But no, (laughs) No, um, he's wonderful because if I have a meeting to go to and I'm not going to be able to pick up my daughter from school, he can do it, and I don't have to worry about missing a meeting. Um, If I have to go out of town for business, I know that she's in great hands, whereas before um, I had to turn down a lot of things because I didn't have that support. Um, My mom has always helped me out, but, you know, she works as well, and it can be difficult, but having someone in the house um, who's there with you ready to lend a hand at any given point in time makes a huge difference. Um, If my daughter weren't asleep right now, I know that I'd be able to trust that he'd be feeding her dinner and giving her a bath and taking care of her. So it does help. Um, I will not go as far as to say it's absolutely mandatory um, because it can be done without having a significant other. I did it for four years, but I'm grateful for the help. Oh, Miguel, I want to go into I want to go into a little bit of this with, with, real quick, Miguel, because I want to know: Have you ever had the uh, now? This guy sounds great. He sounds just like me. You know, I'm a wonderful guy like that. <laughs> oh, but then you have God, oh, my God. oh my God. Yeah, then you have these other guys. They kind of jerks. What's the difference? Because uh, this, this is you know, I have a couple of female friends. They're struggling with their significant other girl, and they have guys that are jealous of them because, you know, maybe she's an entrepreneur. The guys that wish they were them, they want to control them. How, what's the difference, and how do you select the right person? You know, I will oh, so you tell you. Go ahead, Adiba. Adiba, I have to interrupt. You're just going to take my question, right? Okay, no problem. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just want to give you a hard time. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was an emergency question because I have somebody that's suffering with this problem, and I'll tell you who it is later, girl, but I just <laughs> I had to ask it. just was there. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, Please forgive me. So wait a minute. Are we going to send Adiba to the emergency unit because it's an emergency? Go ahead, Adiba. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, when I met my guy, I was pretty much done with the whole relationship thing. I was coming off something pretty traumatic. And actually, Elizabeth talked me through the whole prior breakup and helped me realize a lot of, you know, personal things, things that I was taking for granted within myself and helped me realize things that I felt that I deserved that I wasn't giving myself. Um, and, uh, but I was, I was done. I was pretty over it. And um, he just came along at the right time. And I, was, I like to joke that when we first met, I took a look at him and was like, wow, I don't know how this is going to work because, you know, it's no secret. We met online. Um, and I didn't really know what he looked like. He knew what I looked like, but I didn't really know what he looked like. And I love to dress. I love style. I love fashion. And um, I showed up for the date in red patent leather heels and a black and white dress with a ruffled neck and the red patent leather belt and a matching purse. And he showed up and had to toe beige. And my first thought was, okay, um, this, yeah, this is not what I do. But I let him talk and I listened to who he was. And one piece of advice that my mom always said was, my mom and my grandmother actually was, if someone shows you who they are and they tell you who they are, believe it. Believe it, because they're not lying. That's exactly who they are. 
and I listened to him talk. And we had spoken online a few times before we actually met in person, and the one thing that stuck out to me was he was always incredibly respectful. He always asked me questions about my life, about my experiences in life, about you know, what I thought about what was going on in this part of the world. Like he was actually trying to get to know me, whereas with other men that I've met, whether it be in person or online, would ask me a couple of questions about me and then immediately skip to something sexual. That's not what I'm looking for. So I let him talk and let him show me through his words who he was, and he's tried and true. So beige be damned. That's my guy. Wow. That's right. That's amazing. Well, this is this brings me to the next question, Adiva. I know uh, we don't have to ask family children because you share that with us. You have one daughter, and yes. how do you manage your childcare while you are working outside of the you know kindergarten? Um, well, I schedule my work day so that um, once I take her to school, then I start. So I'm up at 5 o'clock in the morning getting myself ready, and then I get her up at 6, and we have a routine of breakfast, brushing teeth, getting pressed, so on and so forth. Um, and then I work throughout the day, and then when, we, when she gets home, we spend the next two hours together, and she's pretty worn out by the time she gets home. So she's usually in bed by 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock is pushing it. Um, and then the rest of the evening is mine to either work or make dinner for the rest of the family, um, spend time with my guy. And then on the weekend, um, I try to get all my work done by Friday so that the weekends it's just my time with my family. So there hasn't really been a serious need for childcare outside of work anymore um, because she's in kindergarten now. And if I, you know, if I want to go away, she just goes and drives grandma crazy for a weekend. <laughs> Adiva, I know child care as myself having a child, and though she's a little older, I had to look at that myself. What factors did you look at to determine the best child care for your children? Well, when, when my daughter was younger and she wasn't child care, we had a very uh, special situation because she has special needs. And so um, I needed to find a child care setting that was not only A, inclusive, which means had children of typical abilities and children that had special needs in the same classroom, because as we know, children learn from other children. And so it was very important to me that she see other children and be around other children to learn how to socialize and think critically and um, just interact with children her own age. But also I needed to make sure that... Um, the staff that she was in, or that was at the center she was in, um, knew how to work with children that had special needs and that they were open to ideas and um, really fostered a caring and loving environment, but also an environment of exploration and play. Um, for little kids, I wasn't very big on, you know, strict regimented um, curriculum for preschool. Children learn through play. Whether they have special needs or whether they're typically able, children learn through play. And so it was very important to me that that was um, first and foremost in, in their agenda. How are they teaching the children? And will they tailor the learning to each child? Because 
children don't all learn the same way. Yes, they learn through play, but how my child plays may be different than how this child plays. So how will they make it so that she can still interact and get the same information, but in a way that makes sense for her and that is useful for her? Um, and so I had to take all of those things into account when I was looking for childcare. And we had a rocky start. Um, there were some instances where I had to get state offices involved, and that's another show, another time. Um, and that's a whole giant bottle of wine for that conversation. Um, but we were very blessed and very lucky that we found um, a child care center that really, really fit the bill. They employed um, a Montessori and Reggio Emilia approach to early childhood learning, and it was great. We were very blessed. Well, you know, Adiba, we understand you are an author, a yes. social media manager, and have an amazing yes. blog called The Full Nelson. Yes. How do you manage all three of these at once? I guess you missed that running theme of wine. <laughs> no. Um, um, I stay up late. I stay up late. Um, sometimes I'm up until midnight or one working on things. Um, when I was publishing the, the book, um, I think the longest meeting we ever had was an eight-hour meeting. Um of just making sure that everything was absolutely perfect before we went to press. Um, you know, I had the girls at my house, and I think we stayed up until about 4 o'clock in the morning on my living room floor just detailing everything. Um, so it, take, it takes a lot of commitment, um, a lot of energy, um, and just a, a determination. You know, I grew up not not... Uh, wealthy, not rich, not comfortable, not middle class, um, but I'm determined to make sure that my daughter doesn't repeat and live the life that I had. Not that growing up life was awful, but as parents, you know, we always want more for our children. And so I just decided I'm going to do more so that she can have more and be able to do more and experience more than I was able to do. Uh, so, so Deba, what determines your time? And all, you split yourself into three different people. How do you decide what determines your, your, your time in all three ventures? Uh, yeah. Um, lists. <laughs> um, I'm probably slightly OCD in which I have a list for everything. Um, so, you know, I wake up in the morning after I get my kid off to school. I come and I sit down in the office and I make a list of what needs to be done for what account that day. And I, I make a time frame. I'm going to spend this much time on this account and this much time on this account and this much time on this account. And, you know, it's probably not the best thing, but I push my personal stuff, like working on my book, working on my novel, working on my blog. I do that in the evening, um, you know, after – my daughter's gone to bed after we've had dinner, after we've cleaned the kitchen, after I've cleaned the kitchen again because it's not done the way I wanted it. Um, um, that's when I do my stuff. Um, that's when I work on my blog. That's when, you know, I sit down and stare at my screen and try to figure out what the next chapter in my novel is going to be. Um, so I just, I, I, just, I just sit out. I'm kind of regimented in that. I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to balance this whole mommy, 
work from home. I'm a writer. My kids in kindergarten. And I'm a girlfriend. But I have girlfriends that I want to spend time with. I'm still trying to balance that whole routine. Ah. That, 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 that seems to be very, 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 very... I mean, does any does any of the other ventures suffer? Like, if you, get, if you put two more hours here and one less hour there, do you see any, you know, problems with that, or do you give everything to even Steven? Or, like me, I'm I'm more of a person where I focus on one thing and I finish that task and I go to the next one. Gail knows I don't multitask. Great. But does any of the other ventures suffer by you doing that? Or, you know, like, I think, you know. Um... I probably don't write in my blog, on my blog, as much as I would like to. I have thoughts throughout the day, and I'm like, oh, I should blog about that. And if if I could, I would stop working on a client project and immediately write out a blog. Um, but I try to use my daylight hours for the work that I'm actually getting paid to do. Um, so if I were to take away time from client work, to work on my personal stuff, then yes, it would suffer. But I really try to keep keep them separate um, because I'm getting paid to work for these people. Um, but I do, you know, I do know that if I run a little bit longer on one project, then you know I have to cut it short on another project. So I have to pay a lot of attention to detail and make sure that I'm hitting it all right where it needs to be. I've well, actually thank you concentrated for sure. getting up earlier so that I can get more stuff done. Oh. Wow. You know, Jay, I, I'd love to put in another question here just for a second. Um, Adiba, if you could um, raise your uh, volume so our audience can really hear you on this next question. Um, you know, Jay asked you about, you know, how you determine your time. Can you tell our audience, like, what time do you go to sleep at night usually? And what time do you wake up? Bring <laughs> 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 time, <laughs> ah, What time do I go to sleep? Well, a lot of times it depends on what time Elizabeth and I hang up the phone because we are known for late-night business conversations. <laughs> um, I think most of the time I try, I try to turn it all off by midnight. Um I probably stop working by about 11 and then have some talk time with my honey for an hour and then done by midnight. And my alarm goes off at 4.50 in the morning. Wow. Well, um, you know, Adiva, one of the questions I know that's very important to you, okay, Uh is something that we've talked about. And you have, um, I'm sorry, you know, we understand that you have a, a very special project, something that we intend to include with listening gifts for what you're doing. And, Jay, this is very, this is going to be very close to your heart. You have a special project about children with special needs. Can you give us a shortened version of what that project is about only as a result as it, because of time? Okay, the shortened version of my project is called the People First Project, and it basically challenges people to think about the verbiage they use when uh, 
discussing or uh, talking about children that have special needs. And a perfect example is special needs children versus children with special needs. Are you putting the disability before the child or the child before the disability? How you phrase it is a direct correlation to how you view it. If you're seeing the disability, then you're not seeing the child and you're not honoring that child as an individual. You're speaking to their disability. If you say child with special needs, you're acknowledging first that they're an individual, they're a child, but they have the same needs that other children do, may need to do them a little bit differently, but they are a child first and foremost, and that should be first and foremost in everyone's mind, whether it be a child or adult. Hi, Jay, are you with us? Down. Let's get, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this. This is a very important part, section of the show, Gail. Uh, Adiba, why is this so important to you? Okay. Well, the reason why it is so important to me is because, like I said, I have a daughter that has special needs, and I have never viewed her through her disability. There is no such thing as, you know, I can't do that in our house. Um, she's able to do anything that anyone else can do, and so she's always been just my kid first. I don't, when I introduce her, I don't say my kid has special needs. This is Emery. I say this is Emery. She's not my special needs kid. She's my kid, period. Um, and I never want anyone else to view her through her disability and put limitations on her because they see her disability first. She has no concept of the fact that she has any sort of disability. As far as she's concerned, she can do what you can do probably better than you can do it. Whether or not that's true, who knows? But she doesn't understand, and she probably will never understand, and I love the fact that she will never give in to whatever is challenging her, whether it be physically or cognitively. She finds a way to work it out. And it's critically important, whether it be in the educational sector, in the um, professional sector, in the business sector, that we view people first. What do you need as a person to be successful? And then we bring in whatever other adaptations we need. That's my personal philosophy. People see it differently. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But as far as I'm concerned, for me and my child and the children that I'm around and that I work with, see the child first. View them as an individual child and then address everything else. But once you see that they are children first, you will approach them as children. You will not try to cater to their disability. You will cater to them as individuals. Mm. Wow. That's my personal philosophy. And we love it. And this is where we're really going to get into some of the nitty-gritty part of the show, Adiba, as Jay said. Please, if you can hang on in with us for about four more questions. And one of those questions is, we know you have experiences with your daughter. First, we applaud you for being the kind of parent you are in this project. We would like to know, what have been some of the obstacles you have faced personally with your daughter? Um, I'd say the biggest one was when we first moved to Arizona, and we were looking for child care because I had to go to work. And she um, was almost two. She was one and a half, and the child care center that we found, which was closest to us and fit our budget, 
um, refused to put her in a one-year-old room uh, with other one-year-olds because she had a disability and she couldn't walk at the time and she couldn't talk at the time. So they had her in the room with the babies, the infants. Um, and I constantly questioned and challenged as to why she wasn't in a room with her peers. And they said, well, you know, she can't walk and it's a requirement that if they are in the one-year-old room, that they be walking. And my comeback statement to them was, um, a requirement of your center is to teach, and my child is required to learn. So whether or not she can walk has no bearing on what she is learning. Walking does not negate learning. Um, so then they replied with, well, she has a stander, which helps her to stand, but it can be a safety hazard to other children, because what if they trip and fall over it, or what if they knock her over in it? To which my response was, well, if your teachers are doing what they need to do and observing, it will not happen, and if children fall, they fall. It happens every day, everywhere. It still does not negate her learning. And so we went back and forth. Um, and long story short, I ended up getting the state office and the state licensing office involved um, because they were just refusing to move her. And by law, you cannot keep a child um, in the restrictive learning environment. And I knew that. Um, and so the state got involved and we pulled her out of that center and eventually moved her to where she was able to learn and grow. And now she is in... Um, full day kindergarten with children her own age, both uh, typically able and some that have special needs, and tested to average or above average intelligence for her age group. Well, Jay, before you go on to the next question, Adiba's already answered most of them. What question would you like to <laughs> ask her, Adiba? I mean, uh, Jay, what question would you like to ask her, Jay? I just, I, I just, I don't know how you, I just, <laughs> I don't know how she does all this, but I would like to know, uh, I mean, do you get time for yourself? I mean, um, I've, you know, I've just recently been able to do that, um, again, through the support of my incredible, incredible guy. Um, I just took my very first vacation, um, gosh, in eight years, um, last month, um, and this weekend I'm actually going to Vegas for one night with my girlfriend, um, so it's just recently that I've been able to kind of take a little bit of time for myself. I've always been kind of a go-go-go girl. When I was in college, my senior year of college, I was working full-time, taking full-time classes, and had a full-time internship, and was newly married at the time. Um, and so I've kind of always been nonstop. Um, even when I'm sitting down watching, you know, Netflix, I have to be folding laundry or <laughs> doing something. <laughs> um, so I'm learning to slow down little by little, but I don't slow down too much. I maybe go from 80 to 65. <laughs> Well, you know, okay. I, I really want to thank you for being on the show. And, I, and this is a two-fold question, actually, from both Jay and I to you. Okay. What has this journey been like for you, and what have you learned? I'm sorry, what has what been like for me? Um, Jay and I have a two-fold question for you. What right, has this journey been 
Oh, what, what has this journey been like for you, and what have you learned? Well, I guess I have to pose the question back to you um, because the journey has had many different break-offs. You know, it, it goes in a lot of different directions. So um, I guess, you know, my journey as a parent has been um, eye-opening. It has been, at times, heartbreaking. It has been um, a swift kick in the pants at times. Um, it has been humbling, amazingly humbling. Um, it has been something that at times has brought me closer to God and at times has made me absolutely furious with God. Um, so that's been my journey as a parent. Um, my journey as you know, a professional in the social media business has been one of growth and constant learning, constant learning, um, and always wanting to learn more, and what can I do different, and what can I do better, and how can I grow. Um, and my journey as a woman has been pretty fabulous. I'm at a point in my life where um, I don't care what the scale says, if I feel good, if I look good, because it comes from within. Um, I love what I see when I look in the mirror. I'm completely and utterly content in my skin. I'm not afraid to tell people, yeah, I weigh 225 pounds. Please say something because I know I'm flat. So please say something. So I'm at a point in my life where um, every journey has been um, one of tremendous growth um, in all of the different facets. I'm you know, I'm comfortable in my skin as a woman. I'm loving the mother that I'm growing to be, and I'm I'm loving the professional that I'm turning into as well. Well, all I can say, Mr. Diva, Nelson, thank you very much for sharing your story. It's amazing. Is there any last words, Shay? Um, yeah, I think it's amazing. I, I just wanted to know what um, what type of laptop she has, and that's uh, that's my final. <laughs> She's doing a lot of multitasking. These great people on the show, and they're working so hard. I mean, what could they be using? Do they have like ten computers in front of them? They got all these jobs, and and they're doing all these things multitasking. What do you guys got that I don't have? You know, something I can't do all that. I, I have one laptop, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, nine tabs open, plus my iPad on for background noise because I can't write without it. Wow. So that oh. tells you anything. <laughs> what kind of laptop do you have, uh, Diva? Um, this is an Acer. Um, in, I don't know. I don't know. My guy got it for me. It does. It does what I needed to do. That's all I know. Well, Jay, you're gonna laugh because I've got my iPad open, my MacBook Pro, and I'm on my phone. Yeah, wow. I mean, literally, I have the iPad on. I'm on the phone with you guys. I have my computer going. Um, there are times when I'm talking to Elizabeth on the phone and both working on our computers at the same time. It, it mean, and I have to have Netflix going in the background so that I can think. It's, it's, it's I don't know. It's a creative process. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Adiba. She was actually good today, Jay. She actually behaved herself today. So we, 
we, we can we can applaud her. She didn't give us a hard time. Yeah, I, I behave well, maybe, because Gail behaves. Well, maybe we'll sing some of this Napa wine out here. We have a lot of that. Oh, we have wine. I make no promises. I I make no promises, nor do I take responsibility for what happens to your listenership. (laughs) Okay. Y'all are on your own at that point. (laughs) Thank you so much again, and thank you to Elizabeth and Emily. And, Adiva, will you come back later with us in the year, you know, later in the year or early next year, and share with us more about what's going on with your project? Sure. Send me an invite, and I'm all over it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, Adiva, thank you again. No problem. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night. Well, Jay, have you learned a lot now? Yeah. I mean, very interesting show. Um, just, just strong, super women. And uh, I learned a lot. You know, don't, I won't be messing with, you know, any any uh, wonder women out there. Um, I'm going to be, a, you know, I learned a lot. Not to, don't play around with you guys. You guys are all powerful. <laughs> well, you know, your own daughters will soon be these women, so you you know you better get ready. You'll be you'll be doing oh. like my brother does. You'll be hiding underneath the um the bed. I'm already hiding underneath the bed. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're you're still doing good. No, he's he's literally hiding underneath the bed. Too many girls. Oh, oh, okay. I understand. He's he's, he's doing yeah, it now. He, <laughs> yeah, he's doing it now. He he can't even, he couldn't wait any longer. Well, Jay, as always, thank you for your partnership. And um, everyone, we're going to go out with actually patent leathers. I want your number. <laughs> <laughs>